0: Welcome to Our Certain Point of View, where your hosts Jim and Tim will bring you newly weekly discussions about the Star Wars universe. Our Certain Point of View is a fan based podcast and has no connections with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries.
1: And here we are for episode three of Our Certain Point of View. I'm Jim. And I'm Tim. And today's podcast is called Star Wars, Our Podcast Strikes Back. So, what do you think we'll be talking about today, Tim?
0: I'm thinking we're going to move on through to episode 5. We had a nice long talk about episode 4, not a full walkthrough yet, but uh, good fun talk about it. And we're going to do the same thing with episode 5.
1: Heck yeah, and my temptation is going to be to run off at the mouth because, of course, as I've said multiple times in just two episodes already. This is my favorite movie. I love this movie so much. But before we get into it, let's talk about some uh, news from last week. Uh, first of all, I want to say thanks. We've already gotten a lot of subscribers. I'm really impressed and uh, kind of humbled by how many people have already added us. So uh, just on episode three, we've already got a little bit of a, well, a, a bump in our uh, listeners. So thank you. There should be updates coming where we'll be available on more platforms, and we'll uh, pass that on. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, feedback. How do you get feedback to us? Because I've got some to go over today. Tim, how can they contact
0: us? Uh, we got a couple of ways to get in touch with us. We have a Facebook page called Far, Far Away Our Galaxy Is, and you can find that at facebook.com slash view What was that again? Facebook.com slash view, and it's linked in the... Uh, and it's called In the title here,
1: Far, Far Away Our Galaxy Is. It's a little Sir. Yoda
0: grammar there. It is. Um, we also can be found on Twitter. Uh, same at handle, at Our Certain View on Twitter as well.
1: Say, say that again. I don't get Twitter. I don't understand
0: it. At Our Certain View.
1: At Our Certain View. Nice. All right. So like I said, we received several messages uh, kind of scattered Um I got a lot of these in my personal inbox because the people know me. Uh, If you want your observations or opinions shared, uh, let me know if we can use your name. Um, Otherwise, we'll just uh, not use the name. If you say yes, we'll just use first names. The one piece uh, I wanted to share because I thought this was hilarious is one listener said that Star Wars Holiday Special with Lumpy. Do you remember this, Tim? I do. I vaguely remember this. I remember thinking I will never watch it again, and that was as a kid. But he ranks the Star Wars Holiday Special above The Last Jedi. Controversial? Maybe. Um, But there is a lot about The Last Jedi to uh, criticize. So that's our listener feedback for Episode 3 today. And I'd say,
0: Um, I don't know that we're going to do a full Holiday Special episode. What? We might at some point. be like a multi-part series
1: on Lumpy.
0: Yeah. You know... Uh, um, but I would say that maybe when we do The Last Jedi, we revisit this concept. You remember that
1: story. Chewie basically leaves Lumpy. He, he's basically... To go be with Han, Chewie leaves him. Yeah. It's, it's actually very, very sad. And it's the one time Chewie just doesn't live up to being awesome. Oh, no, I'm sad. Anyway, so that was uh, something a listener put in. We got a few things uh, from other people we want to share today. Uh, if you, Again, if you want to shout-out, just let us know that we can share your first name and uh, put your comment comments at Far, Far Away Our Galaxy Is on Facebook. I also want to take a moment to say thanks to Gordon, also known as Shasta Mangold. That's his performing name. You figure out what that means. Uh, he has a uh, podcast called Vintage X. It's worth uh, picking uh, taking a listen to he's our engineer so he's the one who's made this uh, podcast possible by getting it out there and uh, published on different platforms so thank you gordon uh any other current events Tim? i think we got one more
0: we got one more big piece of news actually uh something else has been added today to this uh disney plus earlier this week or at the end of last week has released a full list of the movies and shows that they will be uh that will be they will be making available to us Nothing on the list, on any of the lists that I've seen, have included any of their original content, such as The Mandalorian. Um, so everything that you see, don't panic over that. None of the new content is there. It's going to be all their old stuff they're doing. Is Clone the Wars list, on there? Clone Wars is on there. Nice. What about um, Gennady
1: Clone Wars? Is no, that his name?
0: It's not on there? That one is not on there. Interesting. Um, but the list looks amazing. Check it out. It's on our Facebook page. You can go there and take a look at that list and really see that it's. It's worth a listen or worth a look at. To go beyond that, today Disney has placed their, as far as I know, it was today, um, their early price up for uh, early word early discount. Uh, not really a discount, just the subscription. Um, but you can go ahead and subscribe I saw now uh, if you would like to. So, which actually there.
1: that takes us to our countdowns. Because number one on the countdown is the, uh, well, Disney Plus will premiere in how many days, Tim?
0: We've got forty-seven days.
1: Forty-seven days, which also means the Mandalorian is forty-seven. What about Rise of Skywalker?
0: Rise of Skywalker is now eighty-four days away for the appropriate viewership. Appropriate. Ours yeah, is eighty-three. No, we're so, eighty-four. That's the. That's what I mean by the appropriate.
1: Uh, I got you. Oh, yeah. I should point out that this is recorded for. Uh, the twenty sixth of September. So these countdowns are based on a date of the twenty sixth of September. So yeah. eighty four days till we see the rise of Skywalker. And what are we saying until we hit it's our my leap anniversary? Year? Mark. Is it really yeah. December nineteenth?
0: December no, September twenty sixth. September twenty. Oh yeah! Shout out to September my wife. So today. <laughs>
1: well, right on. Um, this is a good way to spend that. That. That's not true.
0: All right. (laughs) Clone Wars Season 7. We are estimating 156 days. That is the, based on what we're knowing about February, that's the maximum it could be. till the leap year. Yep. May 4th. 221 days. And how far out from Star Wars Celebration? 336 days away. And you made a promise last podcast
1: that we would always mention...
0: The Obi-Wan Kenobi series is coming at some point, somewhere. We cannot wait, and it is
1: still to be
0: determined.
1: I uh, and is it true that you and McGregor signed to do it? That's what I saw, but that was Facebook news. So that's I what I
0: saw on Facebook news too. I am hopefully I am that's true. Remaining hopeful, but I'm just I'm just there. I'm all in. I'm hopeful for it. You guys are gonna get a really disappointed. Podcast one day if we find out it's not, but for now I'm going to be excited about it. We'll see. I mean,
1: when we found out uh, he was going to play Obi Wan, you know, in Phantom Menace, there was a lot of questions. But now he is Obi Wan, so we'll see what happens. I guess. All right. But today our podcast is about well, our podcast strikes back, right? So we're going to be talking about Empire Strikes Back. Now I said before, and we'll say probably a million times in the future. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars film. In fact, it's just one of my favorite films in general. I love everything about this. It is a dark movie for Star Wars, especially for the original trilogy. Um, Where do you want to start here? Should we do it chronologically? Do you want to talk about favorite characters, favorite scenes? What do you want to do, Tim?
0: I say we go chronological. I I think we need to go right to the beginning, which is... Well, uh, first, how do you rank this one? Because we know New Hope is your number one. Yeah, it's definitely uh, New Hope, and then, unfortunately, I disagree with, with our commenter earlier. Uh, New Hope, then Last Jedi, and then Empire. Really? Uh, no, that was a lie.
1: I was about to say, <laughs> this, this might end our whole podcast. <laughs> Everything's early. done.
0: No! Uh, no, uh, no, you know, and a New Hope is my favorite. Favorite? But I'm, I'm thinking that episode five is probably the best. Mm. And there's a there's a distinguish there for me personally. It's just the one that I, that I go to and I love the most is that four. But, but episode five is ranked number two as far as favorites. But it's, I would say this. You is keep the best going. Anime.
1: I'm cheating. Who directed, Empire Strikes Back? Do you know? Ian Kirshner. Irvin, Kirshner. I had to cheat. Um, said, what did I say? Ian. No. So anyway, we're talking about Empire Strikes Back, and it is dark, as I already mentioned. Um, It's also the movie that gives us the great reveal, Um, which is fascinating, because, well, we'll talk about the Luke, Leia kiss in a minute, probably, because we're going to start with Hoth. Um, Hoth so we get a new location with uh, you know straight off the bat um this ice planet of hoth which is supposed to be out the middle of nowhere and that's why the rebels can hide there and of course the thing that kind of strikes me is uh, right off the bat we got luke out there on his tauntaun and what happens um it's echo five Imperial, echo three to you, echo are seven are you on the
0: probe drawer or are you you further on
1: now we're, I mean, right off the bat, he, he calls Han, who's Echo 7, and he says, there's no signs of life. And then what happens? And he gets hit by a wampa. He, he gets smacked in the face by a sign of life. So, some might call this a flaw in the movie. That uh, the effective you know, range of a handheld scanner is apparently less than two feet. Um, and somehow this thing sneaks up on our uh, soon-to-be Jedi without cover. It's, it's interesting. But anyway, bottom yeah, line is... Yeah, and they
0: seem, they seem... The wampas seem to be mammals. You'd think their their heat signature should be there.
1: I would think even movement would show a sign of life. But later on when they're scanning for life, they detect the uh, Imperial droid, and they point out it's metal, indicating that it's not an organic life form. So, I don't know. You'd think wampas would show up. So right off the bat, Luke gets uh, smacked in the face. Uh... So what do you want to say about Hoth? Is there anything particular that stands out? Because I'm trying to avoid doing the walkthrough. I could just Um, sit here and and talk this So Hoth Hoth overall,
0: I mean, I love the entire Hoth sequence. The initial set of Hoth, like, why are they there? What are they doing? It's this ice planet. It really shows what the Rebellion is having to do to survive. Um, And, you know, it's unfortunate because they they had just sort of finished setting this up. And it makes it seem like it was just this, like, we just showed up here and... And we were just getting set, but I think they were there for a little while. And I was it's going a, to ask you if you knew how long they were there. It's before. a big setup, um, and they don't—they don't give that. I think they implied it a different way originally in the movie, but our background lets us find out that they got there earlier for sure. Um, but it was—it's—it's it's a harsh, harsh place to be for what they were doing. Um, well, that brings up I, something that's kind of an issue with—well,
1: maybe not an issue, but it's interesting with this whole movie, and that's the issue of timelines. So it's not clear how long they're on Echo Base or at Echo Base. Um, the other question is how long, and we'll get to this in a little bit. But how long are Han and Leia in the Millennium Falcon going sublight speed to get to uh, to get to Bespin? Which would also answer the question: How long is Luke trained with Yoda?
0: Somebody did did the math. Did work on that? Yeah. Huh. Based on what we know, you want to go into that right now? We're gonna wait.
1: Uh, let's, let's wait a little bit. Let's, okay. talk, let's wait till we get to outer space. All right, so let's keep
0: going on Hoth. So they get attacked. Um, all of the amazing things that are and should be are happening in this this scene, I think. We
1: see, for the first time, and for a long time, the only time, a non-Force user use a lightsaber. We do. And of course that's Han Solo
0: cutting yep. open the Tauntaun. Um, we don't see that again until Finn later on, I think. Is the next non-Force user to use it? I don't think we see it in return. I
1: think you're right. It might be in the Clone Wars. Of course, the Mandalorians have their own version of a lightsaber. The Darksaber. Right.
0: So, movies right now were, yeah. were, I think, we're just there. And I think, I think Finn's using the lightsaber was a, a distractor, so that we wouldn't know the whole the force it. user.
1: I think that was so poorly handled.
0: Anyway, here's my question for
1: you. What rank is Luke Skywalker? And why? Do you know? What? They give him a rank. They keep calling him by a rank on Hoth. It's in on the show notes. Hoth? On. Not sure is he lot. already Commander? He's Commander Skywalker. So I guess because he scored a lucky shot on the Death Star, suddenly the farm boy is uh, Commander Skywalker. Of Before course, I don't know what their rank
0: structure is. Well, there's a difference there, too. So prior to them coming to Hoth, it wasn't a straight jump from Yavin 4 to Hoth. Um there was a lot of moving around and traveling, and there were he different, earned this rank. There were different battles and things like that. I think it was I think this was something that built up
1: Now, my question for you, because you do know the uh, the background material a lot better than I do. so it was customary in the Clone Wars to award Jedi as the rank of general, just even though they didn't seem to have prior military experience. Does that one? that have anything to do with him being commander, or are they still treating him as kind of non-Jedi, like that's
0: not a factor yet? So I'm not completely up to date um, with all of the books prior to, and I've, I'm trying to get myself caught back up, and I've read a lot of them. My assumption would be yes, um, but I think that that that's my guess, is that there's something there to say, Force user, clearly a leader, clearly someone who can take charge and really help us out, he needs to be a symbol. He needs to be in a leadership position. And I think that he got some of it that way. Interesting.
1: Now, you also pointed out, Now, this was after we were done recording, uh, you pointed out some I thought that was funny and worth mentioning. C-3PO continues to call him Master Luke. Yes. Um, <laughs> Why was that funny again?
0: Well, in episode four, as soon as he meets him, he says, he says uh, yes, sir. And he says, no, it's, it's, you can call me Luke. And he says, yes, sir, Luke. Yeah. And he says, no, just Luke. And C-3PO says, okay. And then forever after that um, is somewhat disobedient in that he says, Master, Master Luke. Luke. And that's funny because
1: he's a protocol droid. <laughs> so I don't know if he's just got a glitch or what that is, but that's kind of funny. And I don't know if they did that on purpose. Um, other things that come up is...
0: Uh, well, you want hung... to 3PO again? Huh? Still there on the Hoth base? Say that again. What does three PO do on the Hoth base? You remember that during the escape?
1: During the evacuation of Hoth, uh, yeah, he does do something <clears> funny. And I was rewatching the scene, and there is a door that he walks past with a sign on it. And what's in there? There's
0: Wampas in there. There's Wampas in there. And what does C three What's what's that guy do? What was it in the Was it in the um, in the deleted scenes? I think it's in the deleted scenes. It was an officially deleted scene. It wasn't in the original. So, um, yeah, it, in the deleted scene, C-3PO walks by and he rips the sign off the door. Yeah, he does. And shortly after, uh... Tell it it is in
1: the deleted scenes, because yeah. I remember watching it now. Um, yeah, the stormtroopers open the door and, uh, they get themselves a handful of wampa. Or rather, other way around. The wampas take some of them out. So that's kind of hilarious that, uh, C-3PO does that. So, uh, Han mentions... So he wants to leave. I thought this was worth mentioning, because, uh... He says, uh, the bounty hunter at Ord Mantel changed his mind about sticking around. So we know he's a wanted man. So again, we go back to New Hope with uh, what happens with Greedo. Um, so they're they're driving this point home. And of course, this will really play out later when they get to Bespin. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I don't know if there's a backstory there. There probably is. Um, but and I, I thought it was worth mentioning.
0: <coughs> it is it is interesting. And it, it really calls into character Han Solo's... Um, redundant, but his character, uh, calls into into play his character. He's a wanted man. He is a wanted man, but, you know, I wonder there if he's, he's not someone who's overly concerned with his own safety in the way you might think. Like, it's not just, I have to save my neck here. Um, Based on what we know Mm -hmm. about Han Solo now, my opinion on that, and I don't have any background to... Any specific facts to that back this interesting. up?
1: interesting. I didn't think about how selfish that, that does come across. It
0: seems that way, but I'm wondering really if when they all ran into this bounty hunter and it caused whatever the big issue was, if he actually wants to protect his friends and he needs to go take care of this because he's endangering
1: and Maybe it was Boba Luke and, Fett, and, Leia. and maybe this is where the disintegrations came in. Interesting. So... Leah in this very same scene, this is where they get the, you could use a good kiss. Uh, Leia says, I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. Yes, she does. This is kind of a condescending remark to Wookiees, considering in the first movie she calls Chewbacca a walking rug. Is Leia prejudice against Wookiees? Is this acceptable language? It
0: sort of seems that way.
1: I don't think it's acceptable. And of course, at the end of New Hope, who doesn't get a medal? Chewbacca does not Chewbacca get a medal. Chewbacca does not get a
0: medal. Um, it was a—it's a really interesting turn of events. And I—and I will say this: I do think that with where everything has gone in Star Wars, um, and this is strictly Star Wars, not current political times. Strictly Star Wars. I think that going back, I think it would have been a little bit different. Not because of the fans complaining about Chewbacca not getting a medal, but because Chewbacca is such a powerful character and he's such an important part of the rebellion. Yeah, I think that things would have been different.
1: Yeah, that comes across as real shallow. And I think
0: Leia's, I think Leia's lines would have been different as well. Yeah, I think that was a, a writing. I, hate to, I think it was a writing error, and I think it would have been corrected If more had been known.
1: Maybe so. But it's interesting. All right. What else do we want to talk about with Hoth? So we're, uh, we got, um, well, Hoth goes out to save Luke. We already kind of mentioned that.
0: Yeah. We have the first time where Luke really taps into the Force himself. Yep. Um, He sees Obi Wan. And these are are really big moments. But I think the biggest thing on Hoth, and I'm not trying to put the Force down because the Force is what, one of the things that makes me really really love Star Wars Um, but we see the might of the Empire yeah we see what happens you know you know you've got these rebels and it worked out great against the Death Star but it's not just a hey we've got you know a handful of people and we can just take on this Empire you know the Empire said we're coming you're not ready and they won overall, you know, like they really... Well, the Empire stomped them. Yeah, and that, that made a huge difference, and it was a big impact to what was going on, because you don't get that, the bad guys are coming, the good guys are here, the good guys were, you know, essentially held, you know, locked down, they were in their fort, and they couldn't hold it.
1: Yeah, um, well, the more you watch it, the more you'll probably notice General Veers is in charge of the ground assault. And that's after Admiral Piat kind of messes up the, the initial approach, the insertion to the planet. Um, and, of course, we know what happens to Admiral Piat. Um, no, it's uh, – which one gets chosen? No, the other one. Uh, Piat is the one he, he gets, now He becomes Admiral. Admiral. Uh, but anyway, General Veers is the uh, ground commander. And that guy's – he's pretty intimidating when you rewatch it. He's, you know, he's going to target the main power generator and all that. But he knows what he's doing, and then when he talks to Vader. So in A New Hope, we didn't talk about this. Uh, they kind of talk down to Vader, which is kind of surprising. Like when he's in the meeting, uh, Tarkin the, kind of—it's almost like he's got Vader on a leash there. Yeah, they choke the one guy, but Tarkin yeah. tells him stop. Now when we get to Empire Strikes Back, it seems like he's got more respect. He's killing well, commanders. So that's that's kind of respectful. But well, those are the
0: commanders. You're talking about the the governors. Um, in the first movie. In the first movie. But it made know, it really unclear what his position in the Empire was, I think, in the first movie. And I wonder... It, it does. And it makes me wonder how much they know about what he does when the Emperor sends him on his own missions. I agree. They may, they may simply not be aware. And as far as they're concerned, in their minds, they're second to the Emperor, yeah. Or maybe third below the Senate. I don't know where they consider themselves before the Senate is. Whereas Tarkin, I think, is playing
1: a power game because he knows who Vader is. We know from Clone Wars that he's known Vader a long time.
0: But does he know who he is? They, I don't it, know that he I knows. I think it's
1: suggested in the book uh, Tarkin. I don't know.
0: we would have to look again. We'll
1: have to look again. Yeah. But anyway, we're kind of veering off course. A little bit. But what I was getting at, though, is uh, Veers, basically, when he's talking to Vader, he's... He, He's talking to him as an equal. Go ahead and uh, commence, uh, you know, in the, your landings. He's because he's cleared the, uh, he's destroyed the shield generator, but he's talking to him as an equal. It's kind of interesting to go back and watch, especially given that Vader's about to or had just killed the admiral. So I like General Veers. Um, anything else we want to say about Hoth? No, I, I think, mean, there's I th- plenty to say. I mean, you can there's talk lots about to say. Um, Dak saying, uh, yeah. how are you feeling today, Dak? I think,
0: I think our I think our walkthrough will be... When we do our walkthrough yeah, later on, we'll get into some bit. of these big pieces. All
1: right, but uh, I do, before we get off Hoth, I would mention... Uh, I do like when Luke asked Dak how he's feeling. He said, I feel like I could take on the whole Empire. So, that doesn't last very long. No, it doesn't. So... Jack did not exactly live up to taking on the whole empire. Um, so let's talk favorite scenes, favorite uh, well, favorite characters. We're about to introduce some uh, really cool people as they escape from um, Hoth and go their separate ways. Of course, Luke, as he's uh, you know, freezing to death, he's mumbling about his vision of, uh, of Obi-Wan and going to Dagobah. So he's got his place to go. Leia, of course, ends up with uh, Han because she can't get to her transport. And, um, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm trying to, I keep following this pattern of giving a walkthrough. What do you want to talk about? Like, what's your favorite scene in this whole movie?
0: Let's just jump to that. Oh gosh. Um, well, I love the, I love the hawk battle and I know we kind of skipped over it. We're going to come back to it later on, but I, I like the Wampa Cave too. And some of the backstory of that, um, which is a legend story, but like some of that, you know, as we, as we come back, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, I love Dagobah. I love the training. Yeah. Um, it seems really, really quick, and he seems to get really, really powerful, really fast. But yeah, um, we're starting to find out that that's not necessarily what happened. Um, yeah. That's probably my favorite scenes in this movie are the Dagobah scenes. So my, I don't even know. There's so many
1: great scenes. So probably the most powerful scene for me. I do want to back up a second though and say uh, you mentioned it's the first time we see the forces is used really by Luke on, uh, on, in Hoth when he pulls the lightsaber to himself in the Wampa Cave. I remember being blown away by that as a kid because we didn't know that was part of the force going into that movie. So that was cool. Well, all of a sudden they can move stuff. But, so back to the most powerful scene. Han Solo being brought into the jail. He's just been tortured. And when Chewbacca holds him, he just looks at him. No, when Leia holds him, he says, they never even asked me anything that as a kid that struck me just how mean that was. Yeah. Um, and of course, I have my suspicions. Why do you think Vader's trying to get an emotional response out of Han? Uh,
0: the more in pain he is, the more Luke will sense it with his friends.
1: And it took me a long time to figure that out. That like That's why on DIG about Luke is like, my friends are in trouble. So Vader, I think, is very aware of what he's doing, that he's, he's creating pain for the sake of pain. Just to create some a disturbance in the force to lure Luke in. That's cool. That's good writing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that. So that's one of the more powerful scenes. And of course, Han being lowered into the carbonite and his you know goodbye with uh, Leia and telling Chewie to look out for. That was all. it's just so good. It's so good. And of course, now we're introduced to one of the most iconic. I use that word so much with Star Wars uh, characters of the entire series. There's a bounty hunter, and who is he? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. This is where we first get to see Boba Fett, and, uh, well, he becomes a fan favorite instantly, basically. So, that's awesome. Of course, the fight between
0: Luke and uh, Darth. What do you think about that? The Luke and Darth fight? Well, I'm going to spin back on the Boba Fett thing just for a second, because you mentioned something that's always been interesting to me in in Star Wars, Hmm. Um, and it's this, this favorite characters thing. There are a lot of people who want to be a Jedi, and there are a lot of people who want to be Darth Vader or want to be Boba Fett. And it's, it calls into question who has that preference. Um, is it a really a good guy versus bad guy that they're choosing? Because I have my opinion on this. What do you think? Because Vader and Boba Fett are, are big favorite characters. Yeah. Why do you think that is?
1: What, do I think their favorite characters? What, what's why do, the Why there? do
0: people go to them? Like... Halloween time right
1: right. Uh, I don't know that's an interesting question. I guess part of it might be the anonymity, like you can hide inside the uh the persona because they are masked characters
0: that's my that was my exact thought. I was wondering if they became so you know there's a mystery to them. we don't know who they are, yeah, that could be me. The others have a face, and it's not my face,
1: yeah. Well, it is interesting to think we don't know what Boba Fett looks like. Now, we can assume he looks like Jango Fett, um, but we don't know that until after the prequels you know, are, are created. But we don't know what he looks like. Um, and even now, we don't know what Boba Fett really looks like. We, again, we just assume he looks like Jango Fett, but if he's scarred or he's aged differently or whatever, we don't know. Um, I almost forgot, though. The greatest scene, actually, in all of Star Wars is in Bespin. I can't believe I almost forgot this. And it's why Han Solo is just el hombre numero uno, he's the number one man. And the reason is when um, Lando says a deal has been struck and they open the door and there's a dining table there and Darth Vader's sitting at the end of it, Han Solo's instant reaction is to take, I believe, five shots, I think he gets off five shots, before Vader gets that uh, that pistol away from him. And that's his instant reaction. Han shoots first. It's amazing. He just he, He's a gunslinger. It is one so of my favorites as well. I love that scene. The door opens and just, boom, he whips out the pistol. There's no hesitation. He takes on the Dark Lord of the Sith. Oh, that's just awesome. Um, so, yeah, that, again, cements kind of who uh, Han is. And you know, he's just an average guy. And he's taking on the
0: Sith Lord we come back to that, and this is just a quick right now thought, because I hadn't thought about this before. Um, But Han Solo in that moment has a lot of anger towards Darth Vader and immediately wants to attack him. And I wonder where some of that comes from, because if you remember back into episode four, there's a scene that we didn't really talk a whole lot about was Leia in detention. Um any of the detention cell really we didn't go a whole lot into that yet but yeah. Vader comes in with the machine to try to get information and essentially tortures her right uh, tries to That's true. drug her and all these other things and I wonder how much of that information has already made it to Han at this point especially if they were traveling for a long time on the Millennium Falcon I'd be willing to bet that a lot of that information has made it to Han and again I could see him defending her in that moment yeah, more than just Blindly attacking the Empire. Such a great moment.
1: So, of course, the great reveal is in this movie as well. And that was a big deal when it first came out. Now it's become so common. I don't think it's even a spoiler to mention that Vader shows himself to be Luke's dad. It's the real actually, question that that brings up is, does that make Obi-Wan a liar? And that gives us the name of our podcast. Yes, it does. It's true from a certain point of view.
0: You know, the, the Luke's father thing is one of my biggest frustrations with social media uh, because there are so many people now, when we talk about it, uh, just bringing it up, and I'm like, well, you gotta watch it this way because you have episode four, you have episode five, there's a big reveal, and, and people will be like, well, I know that Vader's Luke's father. I'm like, well, of course you know that because you know, it's sort of common knowledge. Like The world kind of knows that, that Darth Vader is, a, is his father, All Right. but there are so many people who immediately go, well, is German for father, so I knew it anyway. And somebody posted that somewhere, Uh, and people just draw from it. And I know that they are just drawing from from what they've seen in that post and that common knowledge. Yeah, I had no idea about that. This is not a, you know, as a kid coming up, you don't look at this and go, oh, that guy's name is Darth Vader. He must be the protagonist's father. Like, it's just not the common, I don't think it's the the fastest way to go to it, Um, but social media has shared that, and it's just like, irks me a little bit.
1: So my favorite scene is definitely Han pulling, drawing on uh, on Vader. What's your favorite scene? Did you nail that down?
0: Um, I've got two that are very similar and they're the failures of Luke, um, both in the cave at Dagobah and in the loss of his X-wing. Um, and in, in the cave, you know, that immediate instinct to, to destroy, to take his weapons, um, to not follow that Jedi path, to, to kind of veer toward the dark side, is what caused that failure in the cave. Um, and that was a big deal because it was that learning moment for him. Uh, but the X Wing one pulls me even more because, one, it really shows the power of the Force. You really see what can be done. Um, and even that is is minuscule compared to what so can you're talking be about done. When Yoda lifts the when Yoda X-wing lifts lifts it, the swamp, and right? Luke says, I don't believe it. Yeah. And that is and why you failed. That is why you failed. And it's it's just such a powerful moment for him yeah. to see, you know, this can be done. Um, and you need to do these things. It's, it's appropriate. And Yoda could have left it there. And Luke wouldn't have been able to leave later on. Yeah. You know, but that wasn't what he was doing. He was teaching him how to... React and what he can, what he is capable of. He's
1: also providing him a free will, which I think is an exactly. important part of, of the training. Um.
0: You know, there's another uh, another podcast that I've listened to um, brought up a good point about Yoda. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and this is this this idea is coming from uh, the the folks over at Idiots Array. Um, I don't want to take their ideas without sharing that with you where I got it from Uh, but they talked about the character of Yoda in Empire Strikes Back and how he seems when he first gets there he's kind of goofy squirrely funny he doesn't he doesn't start off very serious no Um, and Yoda we see in the prequels was a direct mentor to the younglings Right. Working with them. Yeah. You know, a little more chipper, a little more happy. Mr. Obi Wan is lost um, the
1: planet guy.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, so some of that kinda brought itself over into oh I've got to introduce myself to this this new one that I'm training and how do I initiate that Well, we, you know, kinda test the bounds with some jokes and some funny and some throwing yeah. his stuff around. Uh, I and love how poking he lures the droid. Him in.
1: it's that whole least among us kind of uh kind of uh, philosophy, like how you treat the least among us really shows who you are. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And then I like the Yoda and R2 um, interactions. Those are always just, that's just fun moments for me. That is true. I love Yoda and And R2.
1: Also, Jim Henson creating Yoda. um, Because we see, Jim Henson created Yoda, didn't he? I believe he did. Um, But either way, we actually see a puppet versus the CGI of the prequels and that's that's a little disappointing with the prequels, so
0: it was a little really bit Some well of presented. it was good i mean some he's still it. young yeah. enough to do some of the stuff that he did, so there was some there was some necessity to it he's only eight hundred and ninety years old or something like that yeah right well, I mean yeah. whatever it is, but obviously he he finally reached that point, but he drew on the force and and you know showed his power, which was kind of cool
1: so this movie ends on a very dark note we've got our uh, Our heroes, you know, they've been hurt. So Han Solo's frozen, he's been taken prisoner. Uh, We do uh, see Lando and uh, Han and uh, Luke get away, but Luke's lost his hand. He's wrestling with this feeling that Obi-Wan's betrayed his trust, and now he has this knowledge about who his father is. So the movie ends on a very dark note, Um, but of course it sets us up for the episode six. But we've talked favorite scenes did a little bit of more of a walkthrough than I should have, but what about favorite characters in this one? So in episode uh, four, I said Han Solo is my favorite, but he's not my favorite character overall. I'm wondering if you got a similar thing with Empire Strikes Back. Who's Empire Strikes
0: Back, um, yeah, you know, I like, and I know that we, we hate how he did it. He's not my favorite, but I do like Lando in this movie. You know, really? Lando was, what did he do? He had a, essentially an illegal operation. Yeah. Government came down on him. Yeah. There was a guy who he didn't really get along with coming to visit. Yeah, that, I think that's an important part people forget. You know, like, he didn't really get along with Han. Yeah, they weren't like um, best friends. And, you know, he made this deal, and it, was, and it was some other person. And granted, I'm not saying it was a good thing that he did, and I'm not saying that I agree with it necessarily, but I can see what happened. And as it started to turn more and more, he was like, no, this, this isn't right. And, and he did sort of make amends with it. Um, and if he had outright yeah. refused at the beginning, they would have blasted the city out of the sky. That actually makes
1: sense. Um, it's like the more he's exposed to how the Empire acts, that's what cements his resolve to actually side with the rebels. Yeah. So that actually, that, that does make sense that he would turn them over and it's not really that much of a betrayal given they're they're really not It's not a
0: betrayal. It's not a good thing that he did, yeah. but it's not the be- it's not the betrayal that we I, think it is. You
1: know, that's interesting. And I think we feel it is a betrayal because we've been with the heroes the whole time. So we're rooting for them and we he draws them Land, in, though. gives them yeah. a hug
0: at the beginning, makes them seem like a friend and, you know, yeah. kind of baits them that way too. So it's, it's But even in hindsight, life.
1: you see how Han is surprised by this greeting, yes. and that should have set off an alarm right away. That Hans, like, wait a minute, this isn't Why right.
0: is this guy so friendly to yeah. me? And I will tell you who I love in this movie. Yeah, and it's because of the comic books, and you find out a little bit more about his character. And I don't think I've, I've shared these books with you yet, or if you've seen them or not yet. Uh, it's Lobot. I love Lobot. I don't know the uh, Um, Lobot. If you read the, it's a five series issue about Lando. For those of you Um, not
1: familiar, Lobot's the bald guy with the uh, metal thing around his head. He's uh, Lando's right hand man, chief of security. Yeah, this is
0: this is when he is more uh, human than machine in the comic books, and he's now more machine than human. So these are Um, all
1: voluntary upgrades,
0: though, that I think he makes to himself, isn't it? Like. Sort Maybe of, not. and he yeah. wants to. It, it, the way it actually works out is, is he needs to save um, Lando, and, and this was the way, and it it worked out. But that's where he came from. Um, so it really Robot. makes that difference. That's yeah. awesome. Um. Well,
1: favorite character. So you're going with uh, with Lando for this? No,
0: no, no, not my favorite. I just okay. I just enjoyed what he did. I, I just wanted to point it out because it's. Well, you know, yeah, I think that's an interesting insight. I had It's hadn't a strange really... way. Um, yeah. In this movie, I think Yoda's my favorite. I love, okay. and, and I'm a Force guy. I'm a, I'm a Force lore guy. I love seeing about it. I love hearing about it. Um, I love hearing the Jedi teachings, even if I don't agree with all of them all the time. But I like hearing the way they they use the Force, and that gives you a good starting point to where you can go with the Force. Um, is certainly through the Jedi Code and through the teachings of the Force. And I think that's why Yoda's my favorite character in this movie because. He is the teacher of the Force.
1: This makes sense to me. And this is where I throw out an obscure name like I did last time with Gorindon. But uh, I, we got to mention uh, Major Bryn Derlin on Hoth, just because that's Cliff Clavin from uh, Cheers, John Ratzenberger. Uh, yeah. And I could not see, that does. I would swear that's not his voice. He actually speaks twice in the movie. He speaks right there to Princess Leia about how they got to close the doors. Um, he sounds British. But I did not see anywhere online, and maybe I just didn't look hard enough. That that was a voiceover, so I don't know if that's his real voice. It seems like it must be. And then he speaks later on when they're uh, talking about going out to attack the uh, the Adats, and he just and that definitely is uh, um, John Ratzenberger's actual voice. But uh, so that's awesome. But no, he's not my favorite character. Nor is it Will Hood, who. Uh, There's another podcast called Star Wars and Character, which is excellent, it's it's hilarious, it is not uh, for kids, and they definitely take Star Wars very, uh, they they make a lot of fun, so if you're a diehard Star Wars fan, it might be a little off-putting, but they did, I think, popularize the character Wilra Hood, who's the guy just running around Bespin with what looks to be an ice cream maker, so it's kind of hilarious, he's on screen for less than five seconds. My favorite character, though... Um, it's really hard. I mean, I guess it's Han Solo again. And the debate that I'm having in my head is I love Darth Vader. This is the movie where we really see, you know, just how intimidating this guy can be. Yeah, absolutely. I love Boba Fett. He, uh, when he talks to Darth Vader, he talks to him as an equal, which I think is interesting that he doesn't seem to be afraid. And, you know, we, uh, the first time we see a non-Force user fight... A Force user, really, like genuinely fight, is in the prequels with Django Fett taking on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you see, uh, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but that's the first time I remember. And I'm like, oh, there's no way a non-Force user can stand toe-to-toe. I mean, I guess you got uh, Grievous. But, but Boba Fett, it's like they planted the seeds for that with how Boba Fett talks to Vader without any sense of fear. So, I might have a tie between, uh, a three-way tie here, Boba Fett, Vader, and Han Solo. Is that fair? Am I allowed to do
0: that? Yeah, I think so. And you know, coming back to the Boba Fett and Vader, they do have a history. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Um, Which is coming out more, and obviously we didn't know that then when the movie first came out. Yeah. Um, But what we've learned in the comic books about them, um, because Boba Fett was sent on a mission by Darth Vader to find out who it was that blew up the Death Star. Ooh. Because they didn't know. they didn't know. So this is between: we know. Yeah, this is between episodes four and five, because now all of a sudden Vader knows that this is his son and where did that come from? And it actually came from, uh, so from some, some searching that was done by Bubba Fett.
1: Well, we mentioned last time you were talking about this uh, no disintegrations thing and how, you know maybe this was a reference to he killed uh, Luke's aunt and uncle. I, I was thinking about it's so odd that that line is in there because they do establish with just that one line that there is a history between vader and boba fett something must have happened at some point where vader felt like uh, boba fett used too much force um which is interesting coming from vader yeah that that is a whole story in and of itself but like from a meta point of view a writing point of view did george lucas have something in mind when he threw that line in because it's a brilliant way to say okay there's a depth here without actually doing anything you just say a couple words you know no disintegrations and suddenly there's a whole history implied so i'd, I'd like to point that out That's just uh yeah, and i'd like to look a little bit really more well that done. Too. see
0: what happened between or maybe well and i don't remember all of the christmas special what was well we'll come back to that yeah well, i know that that was bubba fett's introduction was the christmas special that's where we first see him is it really i remember yeah. he was in
1: it but i didn't remember if it came out before i empire. think that came out
0: before empire i'm pretty sure
1: Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up for uh, just kind of our notes on Empire Strikes Back?
0: Um, No, I think for Empire, we're in good shape. Um, We can do our...
1: I love it. Um, I would love to know where his uh, lightsaber went after Darth Vader cut his arm off because we see it again when it shows up in uh, Force Awakens. I'm really waiting
0: for that story. Never The travel of the lightsaber once it falls into the gas giant that is Bespin.
1: Yeah, it seems like that'd be gone. Alright, so that's Empire Strikes Back, and I know we'll be revisiting that topic in the future, but we promised every week we would uh, give any updates we might have on the TV show The Mandalorian. I really don't have much, except for, uh, you asked the the other, well you mentioned that there's a theory about who The Mandalorian
0: is. Oh, this was just mine that I was wondering, it just kind of came into my mind, and I was was thinking and wondering, and it's... I'm not saying that I think it's true. Yeah. I just said I think it'd be neat. Just spitball. Um, what if Boba Fett is our Mandalorian? Um, and really this came about because once Legends became Legends and canon existed, as far as we know, Boba Fett went into the Sarlacc pit and that is all we know. And Legends we know differently and he's around and he comes back and, and continues in canon. We don't have any of that information. Uh, so... You know what if, what if he got out of there? What if this is all that's happening? Um, You know, I just got excited with the idea because I would love to see um, the actor, and I forget his name again that played Django. I'm sorry, Um, the actor who played Django Fett. I would love to see him come back in a flashback scene where he escapes the Sarlacc pit, but then is, you know, messed up and has to have something done to his face, and maybe that's where we get a new. A new face so for Mandalorian, but nice. I would love to see him come back to do that scene in a flashback, like just at some point. But this, I don't necessarily think this is going to happen. I don't believe it. Well, um, it was just a fun thought I had, and it was, made me smile.
1: The, uh, yeah, the controversy here, of course, is going to be, is Boba Fett or was Jango Fett an actual Mandalorian? And there is some controversy here. I don't feel like we got time to go into it now.
0: Yeah, there might have to be a Clone Wars talk about the, uh, some of those Mandalorian episodes. Yeah, Mandalorian episodes. we know they
1: got the armor, but there has been some, uh, some doubt cast on whether or not they are actually... Well, we know Boba Fett's a clone of Django, so the question comes down to, is Django Fett a Mandalorian? Yeah. I think by extension that would make Boba Fett one, but we don't know. There's, uh, there's some arguments on either side of that. Um, so Mandalorian got lots of uh, anticipation there who is this guy is it someone new is it someone we've heard of I guess we'll find out maybe it'll be someone from uh, the Clone Wars cartoon because they spend a lot of time on Mandalore there oh and uh, Rebels
0: yeah that would be cool if they tied it back to Rebels we'll pull some of that in
1: for sure so, what about on the comic book uh, home front? Anything there?
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk about a couple of these real quick. Um, because one of them is based on one of my least favorite characters in Star Wars um, ever. And, ever. Uh-oh. And that was not a, a bounce back of the record. I was just saying it this twice is, so that you this knew. Is Rose, this is Rose. This is Rose. I knew it. Yes. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm not a, not a huge
0: fan. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say anything uh, against the actress. She did a good job with the line she was given. Yeah. And the part she was given. Um, we don't have any issues with her, but the character so far. We'll get into that later on. Um, so there are there were three issues that came out last week. Um, one of them was Dr. Aphra number 36. I'm going to save a, a recap of that uh, for a couple of weeks. Dr. Aphra 37 is coming out, and I'll, I'll kind of put those together. I don't know if they you know, fit directly together um, in that way, but that's where I'm going to do that, just to save us some time here. Um, we had two Age of Resistance books come out. One was about Ray, um, and it was an all right little story. Um, you know nothing. Nothing really special. But I, I want to talk about this this book with Rose because it kind of drove me nuts. Um, <laughs> because I have Rose, not
1: read this just for the record. Yeah,
0: uh, Rose as a character, I I have many many issues with. And I went through this book, and the story that they told was pretty good. The style of storytelling, I absolutely loved. And I'm not even going to say it. You have to read it to see the style. Um, and what they did and how they kind of changed something. Um, and it was really neat, and I was really bummed out that it was that character that I was reading about when they wrote it this way, because I enjoyed the reading, just not the content. Right, the subject um, matter. Yeah, as, as off as that might be. Um, so a couple of quick notes about uh, upcoming releases. Next week we're going to talk about uh, Age of Resistance' Kylo Ren. We've got a new Jedi Fallen Order and Target Vader book coming, um, and I want to jump forward. This is, uh, I want to jump all the way up to October 9th comic book releases. Yeah. Uh, just to throw this in there. There's a book called Allegiance coming out. I think it's going to be five issues, it might be six, uh, but it'll be a mini series. And it is called Allegiance. It'll be issue number one uh, The Journey to the Rise of Skywalker. Each of these uh, movies that have come out have had a Journey to small series that just kind of leads you up to it. And they've been really neat little books. Um, that don't give a whole lot away, but but just share something with you as you get close to that movie. So they're really cool. Um, I will be reading them. I'll briefly review. If I read it and think that it gives something away that you might not want to hear, then I will mention there's stuff that you might not want to see. Uh, but otherwise, we'll be talking about those for sure as they come out. And they come out like every other week, starting that week until the movie comes out. Um, so those will be a lot of fun. That's cool.
1: Well, all right. So that's our comic book news. So... What can we expect next time? So, this was episode 3. Episode 4, I think we're going to continue on in our pattern. We're going to look at episode 6 of the movies, which is to say... Episode 6? That's
0: not the way I watch them. Wait a minute. No, we're going to do episode 6. Episode
1: 6, Return of the Jedi, uh, which is exciting. Um, Then we'll have some decisions to make. I'm thinking Phantom Menace after that. I guess we'll have to have a discussion about that. But... uh, and of course, please leave any feedback you have at uh, Far Far Away Our Galaxy is on Facebook or on our Twitter account. Uh, we appreciate all the support and uh, all the new listeners. And for now, do you got anything else to add before I we don't close think it so. out? Well, then, I am Jim. And I'm Tim. And this is.
0: Our Certain Point of View.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody.